today on Lawyers Rising. You need to really, you know, go into interviews wanting the job, I think is a big thing. And, uh, and, and you need to psych yourself up and you need to want to connect with the person. What to do if you're not getting the job offers you want. Hello and welcome. I'm joined once again by Harrison Barnes, the founder and chief executive of BCG Attorney Search. Harrison, good morning. Good morning. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about deciding what are the reasons why you're not getting any job offers or not getting the job offers you want. Um, we're going to get into more of the details here in a moment, but it really boils down to not marketing yourself correctly, a topic we've talked about on numerous occasions in the past. But why don't we start off just by reiterating some of those points about some of the issues that you see when it comes to people understanding how to market themselves? Well, so for example, I mean, one of the things is, you know, right now we're in, a, in a, an economy where people are having uh, a very difficult time getting jobs, uh, especially in major markets. And, um, and major markets would be, you know, New York City, uh, Chicago, and, and places like that, where the markets are, are pretty much, you know, especially in large law firms, where there's just not a lot going on, uh, except for, you know, in a few practice areas. And so, you know, what many attorneys are doing is they're just sitting there and they're, they're expecting, uh, you know, things to turn. And, and at some point, things will turn. But, uh, it, you know, at, at the present point, uh, you know, they haven't. And, uh, and because of that, uh, you know, the, the only way for people really to get around that is to look at a lot different, you know, many different types of firms, uh, and then also to look at a lot of different markets. So, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a fairly serious uh, legal recession uh, in terms of people being able to get jobs. But our, our company's been getting, you know, interviews, you know, multiple interviews a day and, you know, placements almost every day. And, and the way that's happening is a lot of these attorneys in, in different markets are looking at smaller markets and, uh, and that's helping them, you know, you know, so you really need to be able to um, you know, and it's just, it's something I say over and over again, but you need to be able to look at a, a wide variety of employers and a wide variety of markets and people just aren't don't do that and it's it's crazy i mean just right before we got off uh i got on this call i was talking to a woman that graduated uh third in her class uh you know from uh, you know a major law school and then something similar from a major college and then you know, worked at a, at a very uh, large law firm, uh, you know, one of the top law firms in San Francisco, and then got laid off. And, you know, all she's been doing is trying to look for, you know, jobs doing corporate related work in San Francisco, other large law firms, and there are no jobs. And she's been unemployed for, you know, several months now. And, and that's the kind of thing that people do. And, you know, and, and all she would have to do is, you know, start looking in a lot of other markets. So finally, I got her to look at a bunch of different markets. And, you know, and there's you know, maybe 15 different job openings, you know, that she can apply to and she'll be a good fit for it. I guess I understand that psychology on some degree. You get comfortable in a place. Um, you want to continue to build your life in a place, a city that you've fallen in love with. But at the same time, like we've talked before about the mistake of having a gap in your resume for a long period of time and how it's critical to continue to work. And it's just kind of, as you say, kind of crazy why you wouldn't look elsewhere. Um, just, I'm interested in kind of digging into that a little bit more about why people are so uh, reticent to look elsewhere? Is it just sort of the uh, the cachet of being in a major market and not being willing to look in, say, middle America, for example? Well, yeah. And the thing is, is, you know, if you go to law school, I mean, they, they talk about, you know, um, you know, like a lot of attorneys, they, they want to make just as much money and, um, you know, and they've got, they've got their, their hearts set on, you know, a, a certain prestige level or, 
you know, and you can't, you can't always control it. I mean, the legal, pro, your legal profession is a long thing. I mean, it can last, um, you know, 50 plus years. I mean, and, you know, and so, you know, a rocky start and a couple of years into it, a rocky start 10 years into it. I mean, in order to, to keep a legal career going, you need to put your career first. So you need to put it above, you know, your, honestly, I mean, above, you know, being close to your parents, you probably need to put it above your need to live in a big city or a certain type of city. You need to put it above other things that are important to you. I mean, you know, certainly, um, you know, because if you don't, you're going to lose it. I mean, you have to stay employed, uh, especially with law firms. You can't, you can't have really much of a break. And if you do, you know, people are just going to think there's something wrong with you. I mean, you're expected to put your legal career first. And that means looking at lots of different markets. And it means looking at large firms and small firms, because you need to stay committed. And uh, everybody, you know, there's plenty of people that are committed that are going to have that in their background, and and you're competing with them. You know, we've talked before about other mistakes that people make, including trying to get the wrong type of legal job. So maybe someone is upset or kind of bored with their particular speciality and they're looking elsewhere rather than focusing on what is going to make uh, them look the best to potential employers. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that, about trying to focus on the wrong type of legal job? Yeah. So um, I have someone else that I'm working with in in San Francisco right now. And this person uh, has a great background uh, in employee benefits and, you know, great law schools, great firm, uh, you know, and they've been doing it for a couple of years. And this person, for whatever reason, uh, has decided they want to be a corporate attorney. And it's just absolutely insane. Like, first of all, there's no corporate jobs right now, like I just talked about. Uh, But the person doesn't have the experience. And, uh, you know, and and if they, and they, so they're trying, they're trying to switch practice areas at a time into a practice area where it's going to be impossible. And, uh, you know, and I'm not saying it's impossible because anything's possible and, and people surprise me all the time. And it's good to have goals, but you have to have them at the right time. You know, so, uh, you know, you need to, you know, people need to go after, you know, you need to aim high and, and try to get the best jobs you can. But uh, you also need to realize that, you know, if you're trying to do something like switch a practice area or, you know, get a job in a, in, a, in, a, in a market where you're not living that's incredibly competitive and where there's a lot of better people than you there, or, you know, uh, you can't be spending your time going after things that aren't realistic. You know, it goes to the broader question of understanding the market and, and the current state of the market. Mm-hmm. You note that we're in a real crisis right now, um, especially on the corporate side, but people do tend to kind of draw lines in the sand sometimes. I will not do this sort of work or whatever it is. Um, it's an interesting mindset. How do you break people out of that mindset to be able to kind of shake them into a reality, so to speak? Well, it's hard. I mean, and, and, you know, and, and it's, and it's people's, you know, lives. And so, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's something that, that I've learned, you know, the longer I've, you know, been alive and I've watched, you know, very successful people, um, you know, uh, is that, uh, you know, one of the, the keys to, you know, happiness and, uh, and to doing well is, is a lot of times is not letting your ego and, you know, govern everything. And so a lot of times people will, you know, they'll do something because they believe that their ego is telling them that you, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. If I do this, that'll mean this. And I certainly did that a lot uh, when I was younger. And, um, you know, it's only through, you know, years of, you know, insight, meditation and stuff that I was even able to get to a point where I don't care as much anymore. But, 
I think that, um, you know, the only way to get people to that point of view is to be clear with them that, you know, this is what you need to do to keep your career on track. This is what you need to do to work. And the thing about that, quite, that what you just said is one of the things that I look for when I'm, when I'm working on a, a candidate and one of the things that's most attractive to employers is when someone starts out at a, at a, at a smaller firm or didn't go to a great law school and, uh, and then, you know, and, and, and then gets into a bigger firm and then a bigger firm and a bigger firm where they have a setback where they go from a big firm to a small firm and then they, they, they go to a meeting firm and then another bigger firm because law firms want people that are hungry. I mean, it's one of the most important things out there. So, you know, the hunger, the more hunger you show, the better. And sometimes when something bad happens to you, it's, it's actually, you know, what I like to say is, uh, you know, you use that as kind of rocket fuel. You know, you, you remember that and, uh, and, you, and, you, and you use it to kind of uh, power you, you know, in the future to go forward. Instead of having, making it be a bad thing, you know, you react with, um, you know, with um, anger and uh, motivation and you say, you know, I'm mad that this happened to me and I'm going to do this in the future and uh, I'm going to power through and that sort of thing. When you're not getting callbacks or you're not getting offers from places that you want to work, I wonder to what degree your resume comes into play and cover letter for that matter. Um, you know, we live in an era of LinkedIn and, and other kinds of ways to connect. Is the old school resume and cover letter still play an important role in this, do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and, and that's the other reason people don't get interviews is they, you know, they believe that, you know, their resume has to show everything that they've ever done and every, you know, honor and every, you know, organization and every paper and every, you know, and, and when it comes down to it, I mean, you know, most, you know, employers, they just, they want to find the best person they can and, um, you know, and they want to find someone who's going to do the job and concentrate on it. And um, who's going to be able to to work for the greater good of the firm? And so, you know, the biggest mistake that I see people make is they, you know, they feel like they need to flaunt all their achievements. They need to, you know, talk about things in, in great depth, and um, you know, and and um, you know, write these long, long resumes, and you know, and that just shows like a, a real kind of you know, overboard self focus, and it's. Um, you know, and, and it's much more effective a lot of times for that document to be um, a little bit drier. I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, it, but it, that's just, you know, and, and the thing is, is when I look at the best resumes, when you look at the resumes of the people that have gotten positions consistently in the best firms and gone to the best law schools and so forth, I mean, they really don't say a lot. They just kind of say that they did this and this and they don't go into a ton of detail. They don't, you know, but everything that they do, they do well. And uh, and, I, and that to an employer, I think, is a lot more attractive. I mean, there's nothing wrong with listing a lot of your experience, and you should be proud of your resume. But sometimes people put so much on it. I'm not, I see resumes all the time. I mean, and I, that there's so much going on, like, you know, I can't even figure out what the heck the person does. And I, I've been doing this for over 20 years and looking at hundreds of resumes a day. And it's very common. I mean, you'll, these resumes will just have so much. Um, you know, verbiage on them. It doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah, and for those that are listening, we have um, an earlier conversation where we go into more detail about uh, resume tips. And so if you're uh, interested about how to do that, you can go back into the feed and, and find that episode. But on that point about uh, the skills that need improvement, interview skills, there's another huge thing, you know, when you sit down and actually have that conversation with a potential employer, um, people are often lacking that skill set. Um, can you just speak uh, in just kind of roundabout terms about some of the problems you see and about what people need to be aware of, especially if they're not getting jobs, if they're getting to the interview stage and they're not getting offers, that's got to be a signal that you're not doing a great job in the interview itself. So give me some thoughts about uh, improving interview skills. Well, I think the most important thing is just to try to connect with the employer, like, you know, whatever you can do to, to you know, to, for two people to kind of connect uh, on some level uh, is important. Um, the best interviewers can, you know, kind of walk into, you know, an interview and the, the, the person will like them and they'll connect with them and they'll be, you know, and, you know, and so, and, and if you're not connecting, then, you know, then, then that's a problem. I mean, there's a, certainly a, a, a point for, you know, some formality, but, uh, you know, you, you need to be able to get people to like you and you need to understand you know, be able to mirror kind of the person and what they're looking for back. And people need to be able to fix their, you know, interviewing skills. And the thing is, is there's just, there's people that go in and, and bomb every interview and there's people that go in and get every interview they can. And I, the only consistency that I can see for the people that don't get interviews is they're not as uh, uh, enthusiastic um, about interviewing as they norm is the firm at the firm of the employer as they normally would be and they're just not kind of engaged I guess is a good way to put it and so you need to really you know go into interviews wanting the job I think is a big thing and uh, and, and you need to psych yourself up and you need to want to connect with the person and we've gone into more detail on this on an earlier episode as well and you know one of the thing big takeaways I took from that was to educate yourself about the place that you're actually interviewing about come in with some knowledge about the place don't just come in um, expecting that they're going to throw themselves at you. You got to seem engaged and knowledgeable about the place that you're actually applying to. Right. So let's talk about the scenario where you're getting job offers and you're not happy with them. You don't like the places, you don't like uh, the particular field that you're being offered in. Um, there may be some uh, possibility or, or reasons why you would want to take a job that you're not necessarily happy with. First and foremost, I think is a gap in employment on your resume, which can really look terrible going forward. Um, we're going to talk more about reasons why you shouldn't take jobs that you're not happy with, but let's just focus on this. What are some of the scenarios where you may want to consider taking a job that you're not necessarily happy with? Well, I think the big thing is just kind of the, the gap in your resume. You don't want to have that. Uh, you know, it, it can take a long time for people to get offers. I mean, you know, uh, you know, and, and so, you know, if you do get an offer or you get one right away, you know, you, you may not get something that comes along uh, like that in the future. And you just, there's so many market thing, you know, market factors that control, you know, what's going to happen to you, uh, you know, so you, you know, the, the more you can, um, you know, kind of be, folk, you know, realize that, you know, you, you may be, um, you know, better off uh, taking an offer right away than not. Um, you know, the, the better off you're going to be. And that's especially so if you're unemployed, because, you know, the longer you're unemployed, you know, each successive month and so forth, you're unemployed, um, you know, makes people think that there's something wrong. And, uh, you know, and, you know, either you're not motivated enough to get a job, or people aren't hiring you because of something they don't know. So, you know, that that's kind of the, the, the big thing that I recommend, you know, with, with job offers. And certainly, 
you know, a job offer can take you down the wrong path. Um, a lot of people have so much confidence and they, they know, you know, they're going to get more interviews. And when they get another interview, they're going to be able to get the job because of the kind of person that gets every job they interview for. So a lot of it is, I think, um, you know, personal, but at the same time, I do think that, you know, you're, you're much better off, uh, you know, trying to, um, you know, take jobs as opposed to not to so. Yeah, especially in this marketplace uh, where in this market, you know, where there is uh, an economic crisis underway and jobs are starting to dry up that you shouldn't, even if you're not be too sniffy about a job that you're not necessarily thrilled with. But nevertheless, you know, I want to focus on the point that you make. And I think it's a powerful one about uh, reasons why not to take a job that you're unhappy with. Um, starting first and foremost with the fact that if you're not into a job, <laughs> At the beginning, you're likely it's not going to improve all that much once you get into the, the job, and and you're likely going to make a bit of a hash of it. Can you talk a little bit about that? About some of the reasons why you don't want to take a job uh, that you're not into with a firm that you're not thrilled with, etc. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's interesting for me because um, you know we're just so busy here, you know, and at, in this you know um, at BCG, and and so I've been you know I interviewed like lots of recruiters or people to be recruiters and. You know, the big thing is that I, you know, come across is, you know, most people that I interview really, um, I interview people that are, you know, almost in all instances are currently working in, you know, in law firms or, you know, in a legal environment. And almost all of them, you know, when I really get down to it, I mean, they want to continue practicing law. They don't really want to do this. I didn't, you know, they're interviewing, but uh, if they had their choice, they would prefer to practice law. And, and so those would all be bad hires. And I have to really figure that out very, very quickly when I talk to people. And, and then I usually can get them to be fairly honest if I ask the right question. So the problem when you hire people that uh, don't want to do something or they start for the wrong reasons um, is that, you know, they become toxic. I mean, not only, um, you know, they, they don't feel like the work is good for them. Uh, they become critical. Uh, they, they're looking for the other work. They're not servicing the clients, right? Um, you know, um, and then they end up getting bad references and having, you know, a bad experience. Uh, you know, so it's just, it's never a good idea to hire people that don't really want the job. You know, you really need to do what you can to, to make sure that when you do hire people that they you know, they really do want the position. You know, this really rang true for me because I think many of us have done this in the past where you kind of talk yourself into the job. You need the job. You don't want to have that gap in your resume. But even if it's uh, a position you didn't want for money less than you wanted, you convince yourself all the, all the good reasons maybe why you want this job. And you get into the thing and, and you kind of hate it. <laughs> and that kind of reveals itself in the work. I think we've all done this. But it does goes back to something we've talked about uh, in the past. you got to be honest with yourself about what you really want and what you're really capable of doing. Uh, and not to lie to yourself that, oh, maybe I can make uh, the best of this. Um, in you know desperate circumstances, I can understand that. But in general, um, you've got to be honest with yourself that you don't really want to do this job. Yeah, and if you don't want something and you're not going to do well and you're not going to be happy with it, um, you know, you, you honestly, you shouldn't do it. I mean, if you don't want to practice law, you shouldn't be practicing law. If you don't want to work for a certain type of employer and you're not, you know, you're not going to like it, you shouldn't do it. I mean, you just, you need to, um, you need to be honest with yourself because if you're not, there's a lot of people that can get positions and they may not like the work and um, but you just shouldn't do it. I mean, you should be, you should be doing what you want to do and it doesn't make any sense to, you know, to, to take something or to, you know, kind of say, well, I'll think about it. I mean, in most cases, if you really want to do something, you know, you, you know, in your heart that you want to do it and you have a, you know, a, um, a real, um, 
you know, affinity for it and you can see why you like it immediately. And, and I think that that's important. Is there a risk of derailing your career by taking a job um, out of desperation that maybe isn't in the right practice area, et cetera, right? Um, and, and it's just going to look bad on your resume moving forward, even if you only work at the place for a year or, or 18 months. Um, do you run the risk of derailing your career a little bit? Uh, yes and no. I mean, the, the, the thing to do, I think, with the job that you don't like or you don't want and that's the best thing you can do, it's just to make the most of it. You know, you can, you really can. I mean, you can, you can do everything you can to do the best you can at that position and be the absolute best you can at that and, uh, and commit to it and, and really be a good person and, and keep your, your opinions to yourself about why you don't like the employer, why you don't like the work and, and just try to find the positive in it. And, and then when something better opens up, you know, you'll be, you'll be better off, but you never want to burn any bridges. You never want people to, uh, you know, dislike you. Uh, you never want to, uh, you know, undermine someone for giving you a job and make them feel bad. I mean, I had an experience, I think it's a good question. I had a, uh, some, uh, I was working with a guy not too long ago. He went to like a top, you know, 10 law school and he worked for a really good law firm for a couple of years, making a really high salary. And then he decided to you know, take some kind of in-house job and then, uh, and then the company closed and he couldn't find a job. So the best job he could get was as a staff attorney for a, a law firm in Ohio. Uh, and he was very unhappy and, uh, you know, and um, just very toxic and, you know, and, uh, and, you know, and, and cause the, the, what the law firm was paying him and, you know, it wasn't the law firm's fault. That was the job that they had. And, you know, so if you take something where you're unhappy and you're going to be toxic and, you know, not like the employer, I mean, that's just a problem. You know, it's, uh, you know, you, he, you know, if I was he, I would have done the absolute best I could at the job and thrown everything into it and smiled and, and been pleasant. And then, you know, either got promoted from a staff attorney to a regular attorney, which I think he could have done. Um, had he not been so bitter, or I would have tried to, um, you know, find another job like he was doing. Uh, but, you know, not, you know, it's it's not the employer's fault that they can only pay someone in that position, you know, that amount of money and so forth, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I'm wondering, because you've helped so many people get work, but at the same time, you've run a company for over two decades now and done a lot of hiring yourself. Have you seen this play out um, with your hiring choices, people that maybe aren't that into it from the beginning and they become increasingly toxic inside your business over time? Yeah. I mean, I, I was just thinking right before you asked me that is I, I hired a, a, a guy to be a designer once and he uh, had been a designer at Disney, uh, you know, which, which is a very prestigious job for a designer to have. And, uh, you know, had been paid, you know, far more than, anybody in Los Angeles would pay him. And he got, he got in some fight with his boss and uh, lost his job and, uh, you know, and needed to stay employed because I think he was going through a divorce or something. And uh, anyway, so he started, you know, and, and did a very good job of selling me on, you know, why he should uh, work here and was a very good interviewer. And, um, and, uh, and I hired him and, um, you know, and the whole time he was complaining that, you know, this wasn't Disney. We didn't have this huge creative staff and, you know, and just kind of going around and sharing his uh, um, displeasure with everyone. And, and, and that's unfortunate. I mean, it's not, um, you know, it was, it's unfortunate that that happened. And, uh, you know, and because he wanted to work for 
you know, a large creative company. And this is, you know, obviously a, a placement firm. So, um, you know, so that was a mistake, you know, so uh, it was my mistake of hiring him uh, and believing it and not asking the right questions, you know, because someone's heart needs to be on whatever they're doing. And, um, you know, it wasn't my fault for offering him a job. I mean, it was my, actually, it was my fault for offering a job, but, you know, it certainly wasn't something you should have been angry about. You know, I'm curious because we've been speaking a lot about intention and planning when it comes to your career and really being aware of, of yourself and the market that you're trying to engage with. And I wonder if people fall into this trap of, of kind of dabbling, of trying this, of trying that, and then years, decades go by and they haven't really actually built anything. Have you seen this play out um, in legal careers over the, over the last 20 years? Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's just, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, yeah. And it happens all the time. I mean, and it happens because people won't commit to a practice area. They won't commit to a, um, you know, a certain type of um, employer. Um, you know, they won't, uh, you know, and they won't commit to a practice setting. They won't, they just don't commit. I mean, that's, that's one of the big things. And then, you know, and then, so they're just kind of doing all these different things and never know what they want to do. And, and the most important thing is, is really to, you know, I think in terms of what makes a good career is a person that just, you know, commits to something. It doesn't matter. I mean, it could be being a DUI attorney or, a, you know, it just, it, but, you know, if you commit, you know, the world kind of, you know, everything uh, kind of aligns in your favor, you know, like, like I was talking to a real estate attorney this morning and it was very interesting. She had literally been doing, uh, working inside of companies doing real estate for over 20 years. And then suddenly, uh, you know, went over to a, a big law firm uh, as a, um, you know, counsel, but I mean, still in a, in a major city, you know, without any law firm experience. But the thing was is she had nothing but him been doing this, this type of transactions and, and, you know, this type of real estate law forever. So, you know, having committed to that, she, she wasn't a dabbler and, uh, you know, and she was doing the same thing. And, and so that's the, that's the biggest piece of advice I can give people, you know, is you need to commit and you need to find something you like. And then when you do the work, you need to, you need to pick something that you like and stick with it. And, and just not get distracted by doing other things, I think is the big thing. And, and most people do. That's the problem. I mean, most people don't have legal careers that are anywhere as near as rewarding as they would otherwise be because they get so distracted. It's interesting because I find I do find that interesting because I think of lawyers, uh, you know, they're very um, committed. They had to work so hard to get where they're going. Years of legal school, years of uh, working their way through a firm and to never really have a, a set plan in your head or at least some goals in your head about where you're going is surprising to me for that. But it's, and to hear that you run into this a lot, again, is, is very surprising. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it's such a common problem? Well, I think it's like you said, I think that, um, you know, people don't have goals. I think that, um, you know, people, you know, when you have a goal and you know where you're going, then, you know, you make choices based on that. And so, you know, people don't have goals. They, they don't prioritize their legal career. They don't, um, they don't throw themselves into something. I mean, like, for example, like, let's say you want to do, uh, you know, trust in the state's law. Like, there's lots of ways to do it. Like, you could, you know, you could just do, you know, work in a small firm and do a, a transaction or two, or you could specialize in some asset, aspect of trust in the state's law. You could get an LLM. You know, you could uh, go out and give lectures and, you know, write books. And, you know, so the people that throw themselves into something the most, I think, are the ones that do the best. And I just don't understand why anybody wouldn't want to throw themselves into it because it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter where you went to law school. It doesn't matter, 
you know, what size firm you work in. It doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. I mean, what matters is your, you know, the, the fact that you've, you've committed to something and you're, you're on course and, um, you know, and you, and you, and you're very good at it. I mean, the thing I find when I talk to the most successful attorneys is almost all of them, if you prod deeply enough, you'll, you'll discover that, you know, they're really very, very good at something like some aspect of, of what they do. I mean, it could be, you know, I mean, some, some aspect of their practice area where they have a very good reputation for something or just something. And, um, you know, and they're very committed and they enjoy it. And they, they have this almost this kind of like obsession that you would see with, you know, like where they can sit and concentrate and for long periods of time. And they're very, very interested in it. And you have to have that. And And that's something you need in your career. And if you don't, then you're just kind of, you know, you're not really doing anything. I mean, you're just kind of, you know, going through the motions and you, you have to be, you know, passionate about your practice area and the, the practice setting you're in and, uh, you know, proud of your work. You know, my big takeaway from this conversation is that if you aren't getting the kinds of job offers that you want or any job offers at all, that just blaming the state of the economy or the state of the profession may not be enough. Um, you need to look inwards. You need to look at the things you need to improve um, with your presentation and the other things that we talked about during this conversation that um, you really have to be honest with yourself about the mistakes you're making. Do I have that right? Yeah, that's correct. Any other takeaways, Harrison? Or No, I think, uh, those, I think those are um, kind of the main things I, I want to cover. So thank you. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you're an attorney looking for a change, go to bcgsearch.com.